how to determine a good rental market. This is an episode you are going to want to see if you've been tossing around the idea of investing both in and outside your backyard. Sit tight, because here we go. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Mike Foster here at Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. We are excited to bring you another great episode. This one focuses on how to determine whether your rental market is good or not, right? Now, this can be in your backyard if you're thinking about investing you know, close to your area, or this could be something you want to use if you're thinking about investing in another area, right? Like, let's say if you live on the coast and it is way too expensive to buy investment properties by you, you can use this criteria to look out west, right? Look in the Midwest, look into you know, some of the lower income areas that are, where it's cheaper, right? The blue collar areas where it's cheaper to buy properties and your returns are way more, okay? So you definitely want to check this one out. Let's get started. The first thing you want to look at when you're trying to determine a rental market is population, okay? And then that's just a no-brainer. You want to make sure that the number of people, right, support the number of homes that are there. And you can definitely definitely look at that ratio. There are uh, websites that you can go to, right, normally the city website um, in any particular county, um, has this information. You can also look at HUD documents. I mean, these are all awesome tools and all the tools are out there online. You just need to go find them. But, you know, take a look at the population in these areas. Are there enough people where the, where the rental market makes sense? Talk to other professionals, right? Like property managers. Maybe you want to talk to like two or three, maybe even four. Get different opinions and figure out where some of the better areas are uh, that are renting, right? That are renting better. Um, you definitely want to use as many tools as you can uh, to make sure that the information you have is correct. And that's not just for this category, right, people, but it's for all the other categories, which I'm going to go into, okay? Now, when you're moving from people, right, um, and, and honestly, I should have started with this, but the most important thing for you to do when you're thinking about a rental market is you have to think like a tenant. Think like the people who you're going to be renting to, right? What do they want to see? Okay? So, as we're thinking about these people, right? What do they need? People need jobs, right? So, take a look in the in the area and figure out what new jobs are coming up or if there are any new jobs that are coming, right? Like Amazon. If Amazon is building a warehouse or, you know, some kind of superstore or anything, really, if Amazon is building anything inside your town, that is probably a very sure uh, idea um, to invest in that area, right? Because 
obviously Amazon is a huge company and you know you got to think of it from the business perspective they're not going to just establish a market in anywhere right they're going to establish it in a place that has you know a steady amount of people that are looking for jobs especially something blue collar right for that particular company um blue and white collar very uh, as as I were but anyway so jobs, right? Take a look at some of the different places in there, okay? You also want to take a look at schools, okay? So people have families, right? They have kids. They definitely want to make sure that their kids are going to good schools in the area or, you know, really schools in general, right? If there are no schools in your area, it might not be a good idea if you're looking to invest in single family homes. Now, Again, you want to take a look at the type of homes that you're investing in because the type of homes will classify the type of people that will rent to them. You know, I mean, you'll get a good mix, but primarily, right, a family, a blue collar family with two, three, maybe four children are not going to put themselves in a two bedroom, one bathroom unit, maybe, you know, small square footage um, apartment. Because it doesn't make sense, right? So they're going to look for a bigger place, a home, right? A single family home that's maybe got 12, uh, 1400 square feet, you know, especially if they have an animal, right? A dog, uh, they're going to need space, maybe a backyard, uh, right? So just try and think about the type of tenants you're looking for, the type of a home you're going to invest in, and just kind of, you know, think about all the things that your typical renter would need, Okay. What's another big thing? Transportation, okay? Huge and definitely something that is underappreciated. When you're looking for homes, if there are no main roads in the areas that you're investing in, you're probably not only going to get be harder to find, right? But you'll also it'll be harder for you to find you know certain tenants i'm not going to say that it's impossible it's absolutely not um, and again people's people's uh, variation of close, right, is relative. That's a relative term. So definitely don't let it stop you from investing in an area. But but understand that it will be a consideration, right? It'll be a factor. Um, if there are no highways, right, by there, or you really want to find some good, some good places that are close to the major highways because people want to live closer if they have a shorter commute to work. Um, or other things like public transportation, buses, trains, right? If if there's if they're building a train or if they're you know developing a new bus route or something in your area, that's a definitely definite good indicator that our rental market is you know swinging in your favor. So you want to take a look at some of these things. And again, you can find all this stuff online on Google really, and you just kind of search in the town or the city or the area that you're looking to invest. And uh, look at some of the news articles that are going on, the local news articles, right? And try and figure out, you know, what big projects are coming up, right? If they're projects in energy, right? Those are huge because obviously it takes a bunch of people to go in and not only QA, but monitor and, and develop these projects into something that, you know, big, but that's good, right? Big energy products is another um, indicator that, you know, you might see more people coming into the area. So, you know, take a look at stuff like that, um, right? And then, you know, another thing, supermarkets, right? Supermarkets, restaurants, the infrastructure that's around. If the area is popular or if it is up and coming, more people are going to want to move there. 
um, we're starting to see, uh, well, we've seen already, it's not even starting, it's, this is already happening, right? The millennial generation seems to flock around iconic areas. Uh, and that's just, you know, that honestly is just what's happening because people like to have good experiences. People like to share uh, awesome things. I'm a millennial. You know, I, I'm going to go ahead and sit here and tell you, I absolutely love iconic areas. I'm not necessarily going to live in one because I know that the cost of living in them is a lot higher. And, you know, the cost of properties there too are also higher, but I don't mind living on the outskirts of an iconic town, you know, for instance, right? Uh, I live in Norfolk, Virginia. And so, uh, downtown Norfolk is very iconic. It is up and coming. And there is so much that they're uh, putting into areas like Ghent or like Waterside District. Uh, and it's blowing up. It's becoming really nice. Um, at, when I used to you know, be out in San Diego, uh, San Diego is obviously beautiful. I, all of those who are from Southern California already know. But you know, when I was stationed out there for some training, um, you know, I would love to go into Gaslamp and just spend the day, you know, just kind of walking around, seeing the shops, seeing the um, seen the places. There was a salsa spot that I love to hit up, right? <laughs> and, you know, that's just because that's one of my passions, right? But but you got to think, right? The people who are going to be renting from you, what are they going to want to see? What are they going to want to do? What do they want to enjoy, right? Um, and these are just some of the things to think about, okay? So as you are looking at, you know, renting in a different area, Okay, you want to make sure too that you're setting up yourself for success and building your network, right, of people who will help you out too. Um, while you know you're determining determining a good rental market, you also want to determine good key players that will help you uh, throughout your investing in that particular area. Okay, and that will give you good feedback as to how the market is tending, right. Um, another another important thing, right, is vacancy rate. All right, this kind of ties back into the population piece, right? What is the vacancy rate of your uh, of the area that you're looking to invest? And this is something that you can talk to a property management company about. Um, they will definitely you know, give you this information. If they haven't calculated it, they can approximate it for you. But the vacancy rate, right, is going to tell you uh, how many a percentage of the amount of time during the year that you can expect your property to be vacant during a tenant turnover. Okay. So if you have been renting for to a tenant for one year, two years, and they decide to leave, your vacancy rate is going to be a good indicator for how long your property is going to sit vacant. So you know, make sure you factor that vacancy rate into a percentage of your loss of income, right? So if you're going to get, you know, $500 a month for 12 months and your property is going to sit vacant for a month, maybe less, right? Um, then you're going to want to factor that percentage of loss in when you're calculating your net expenses, okay? Your net expenses. Um, that way you can judge whether or not it's going to be a good investment for you. Now, if your vacancy rate is low, that's good, right? Obviously, if your vacancy rate is like 4%, I forget the math on that, but I think it's like less than a month, which is good, right? If your vacancy rate is high, like let's say, oh God, let's say your vacancy rate is like 10, 10%, that's not good, right? Because that we're talking is low over a month. So we don't want to invest in areas that have high vacancy rates. Definitely want to find lower vacancy rate places um, to make sure that your 
house is not going to be, or your house or your unit, whatever, right, is not going to be vacant for too long, okay? The average rate uh, right now, I believe, sits between 4 and 5%. Uh, which is pretty good. It's a little bit lower than it was last year, so it was awesome, right? And what does that mean? It means that people are looking to rent more than they are looking to buy. And that is good news for our investors because, right, you want to build a bigger rent portfolio. You want to, you know, build that portfolio to make money. More, If more people are looking to rent your place, you're going to make more money, right? So anyway, I'm spelling that out for you, but that's it, right? So, so that's really it, okay? Uh, really short, sweet, and lesson, but uh, just kind of giving you insight into you know, what to think about when you are trying to get started, right? And figure out if renting is a good option for you, right? Buying and hold. Um, and again, we have so many awesome lessons coming up about you know, the benefits of buy and hold and how you know, that strategy will build your wealth over the long run, right? And this is definitely a philosophy that we share and we value at ADPI and we want you to, uh, to share this as well, right? Because that is our long-term goal, okay? Cool. All right, all right. So before we, uh, before we close out, I just want to highlight a couple things. One, I'm going to highlight a question uh, that we received recently from the Facebook group. And then I also want to uh, highlight a five-star review. So first, let's just go through the question. And I think it's important to do these you know, every once in a while. So, you know, we get um, a sense that, you know, people out there have these questions and there's nothing wrong with them, right? I mean, there's no stupid questions. So never feel like the question that you want to ask is, you know, is not adequate, please, all right? Ask your questions um, and we will answer them for you, okay? No matter how many times. Why? Because it is important and because the more knowledge that we spread and we share, right, the more we can all grow as a veteran community, okay? So I'm gonna go ahead and read the question, okay? So the question was, do you have to have a real estate license in order to invest? And the answer to that is no, Right? No, you do not have to have a real estate license. Typically, a real estate license gives you the ability to, you know, be a realtor. Right? If you're talking the scope of real, uh, real estate, I'm sorry. If you're talking in the scope of buying and selling real estate, um, or you can have other real estate licenses like contracting and whatever. Right? But no, you don't have to have a license. You can be an average Joe Schmo, right? Like me, I have zero real estate license whatsoever, and I invest in real estate actively, and it is fun, right? And it is not something you have to do. Um, now, you can go out and get a real estate license in, in one of the, um, the fields right, of real estate and it will certainly help you if you have some kind of certification, right? And especially if that's a business that you want to start for yourself, um, let's say you become a realtor and you'd like to invest, uh, that could be an extra bit of commission for you when you sign, right? Which is great. Or let's say you want to be a contractor, right? You have the tools, uh, uh able, you know, to, or in the knowledge able, you know, to understand how things work when it comes to flipping or rehabbing, right? And all that, uh, adding value to certain properties, you know, all these things will be able to help you. So it's not saying it's a bad thing, but if you're letting 
getting a real estate license stop you from going out there and taking action, please don't, okay? Please don't. Just get yourself educated and then go out and take some educated action, all right? You do not have to be a a real estate licensed professional. You do not have to be an accredited investor either, right? And there will be be a lesson on that, but essentially an accredited investor is someone that the government sees is a professional investor and doesn't necessarily protect as much when it comes to scams and fraud and whatnot, right? They see you as that educated person to be able to you know, understand what it is you're investing in and whatnot. There are a whole bunch of nuances. It's not as simple as that. Trust me, we'll have another lesson later on about it. But right, that's just another thing that just in case you're thinking of, it will not prevent you from investing in real estate. Okay, cool. All right, now I want to shout out this five-star review. Um, all right, this was left a little bit ago, but they said, Mike is a great orator and teacher, and he has a passion for real estate. He seems to truly love helping his military brothers and sisters earn the passive income they desire through real estate. Keep it up, Mike, and ADPI. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate that. Um, I definitely don't feel like a great orator. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's actually weird still hearing my voice on a podcast. Um, And anybody who knows, you know, them recording themselves and and hearing their voice almost differently than what it sounds like coming out of their head, uh, it definitely is weird. So, but thank you though, I really appreciate that, and we are really grateful for all the reviews um, that you guys give us, and we're going to continue to shout you guys out. So, thank you so much again um, for all that you guys um, you know provide for us, and you know we're going to continue to provide for you. Okay. Now, here's what I need you guys to do. If you haven't already subscribed to this channel, you need to go ahead and do that. All right, so do that right now. Make sure that you guys are you know, in touch with us and you're up to date on all the awesome stuff that we're putting out because, again, there's so much more coming. All right, we have a newsletter that we're in the works of sending up. So if you haven't you know, sent us your email, make sure you do that. That way we can send you um, that newsletter as well. And it's going to have exclusive stuff there too. So you're going to want to make sure you check that out. All right. Reach out to us on Facebook. Reach out to us on Instagram. All right, connect with us on all our channels, our YouTube channel. Right, We're building up right now. Um, we've got so much out there. And go ahead and reach out to us, okay? Connect with us personally. We would love to hear where you guys are at in your investing career, and we would love to help, okay? So, all right, don't miss out on all the fun, all right? I'm Mike Foster. Thanks for listening. I'm signing out.